At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now. Ms. T. She'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener. Greetings, listeners. You're back where it's at, where we hit the roof with the truth and the floor with much more. You're inside Talking with T. This is Tanisha Baker bringing you the latest of the greatest in trending news, noted interviews, special segments, new artists, and much more. Today is August 29th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, the late jazz musician Charlie Bird Parker, politician John McCain, Casablanca star the late Ingrid Bergman, Isabel Sanford from the long-running sitcom The Jeffersons, and the legendary king of pop, Michael Jackson. On this date in history, Mal Good becomes the first African-American television news commentator when he began broadcasting on ABC. It was also on this date in 2005 when Hurricane Katrina devastated much of the Gulf Coast. The theme this month is activism in August. Activism is using your influence, your actions, or your voice to affect social change. You can impact social, political, economic, or environmental change by being informed and engaged. As society seeks solutions to problems, you can be a part of the solution or conversely, part of the problem. I encourage you to be a part of the solution. So how can you get involved in causes that are important to you or your community? First of all, identify things that are important to you. Find your passion, and then believe you can make a difference. Find organizations or groups that have missions that align with your beliefs and that are putting energy and efforts into causes you're passionate about. Susan Gale said, don't be content to sit on the sidelines when there is so much work to be done in the field. So get off the bench, y'all, and be an active player in the game. Also this month, Since most schools are back in session, I've been sharing some tips for parents as to how they can contribute to the success of their children. Be visible in the school and meet your child's teachers. Let them know you are interested in your child being successful and you want to know their progress or lack of. Let the teachers and the schools know that you want to stay informed. Also, set a routine that includes quality study time, and planning for projects and tests. Academics are the number one priority, and that must be the emphasis. And again, I mentioned this before, but I don't think I can say it enough. Talk to your child. Have meaningful conversations. Build a trusting and caring relationship with your child while remaining the parent and not the peer. Let's turn our attention to today's happy highlights. Katie Couric, former news anchor for CBS Evening News, took a $1 million pay cut back in 2009 to save the job of other employees. I know this story happened some time ago, but it's recently come to light and I think it's worth mentioning. My next story is about a black family living in Tonino, Washington, who went on vacation. Well, while they were gone, their neighbor, Heidi Russell, woke up one morning to find that their home and vehicles had been covered in racial slurs. Russell was determined to clean up the vandalism before the Phillips family returned from their vacation, and she was able to get the town to join her in painting over the graffiti. 
There is so much gloom and doom and craziness in the news. I'm always delighted to bring you happy highlights such as this one. Our Monday Minute Quick Bits. Dwayne Wade's cousin, Nakia Aldrich, was killed in Chicago's South Side while pushing her three-year-old baby girl in a stroller. An estimated 2,739 people have been shot in Chicago as of this past Friday night, with nearly 460 killed, according to the Chicago Tribune. It continues to amaze me that people deny the existence of racism when Nancy Wirfs received a hateful racist note. Worth is a white woman and lives in a predominantly white neighborhood, but has biracial grandchildren. Out of her nine grandchildren, six identify as black. The handwritten note pretty much said that the neighborhood didn't need any blacks in it. You can actually read the full note by visiting www.talkingwitht.com and clicking on the link to today's show. My next story is about Pastor Ken Atkins. And I don't know if you remember him, but he infamously said that the victims of Orlando's Pulse nightclub shooting got, quote, what they deserve. Well, he was arrested on Friday with charges of child molestation. According to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, the allegations were made by a former male member of his congregation. Italy continues to mourn after the massive earthquake that at last count left 290 dead. NFL player Colin Kaepernick did not stand during the playing of the national anthem. He said that he would not show pride for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. So this has been quite the controversy as there are those that agree with him and obviously those that oppose. This past Thursday, Tennessee police officer, 32-year-old Kenny Motes, was killed by Brian Keith Stallings when Moats responded to a domestic violence call. Moats started working for the Maryville Police Department in February of 2007. Hundreds of people gathered Friday night for a candlelight vigil to remember the slain officer. After the incident, a letter was found in which Stallings blamed the Blunt County Sheriff's Office and his family for his misfortunes. Stallings had also set up a barricade in his father's house, making it seem like he was actually planning for some possible ambush. Creflo Dollar denies endorsing Donald Trump. Recently, it was trending that Creflo Dollar said that he was down with Donald Trump because God told him to endorse him. Creflo Dollar says that any reports stating that he endorses Trump are false. Two people were arrested and 11 others received citations for aggravated gambling promotion here in Knox County. Police raided a high-stakes poker game this past Thursday night after investigating complaints about illegal gambling at a building on Old Callahan Road. 48-year-old Martin Blackwell of Georgia was sentenced this past Wednesday to 40 years for scalding a sleeping gay couple. He reportedly poured boiling hot water over his girlfriend's son and his partner while they were sleeping. Now, everyone in the country should be familiar with the Zabion Dobson case in which a Knoxville, Tennessee team lost his life due to gun violence while shielding others from the gunfire. Finally, two have been charged with first-degree murder. Christopher Bassett and Richard Williams have been formally charged with the December shooting of Zavion and are both in custody under a million-dollar bond. Chicago rapper Simone Lewis, better known as King Yella, was shot while filming a Black Lives Matter 
stop the violence video. Isn't that ironic? The police have identified the shooting as being gang related. The police say that after the shooting, the Twitter account belonging to the Black Disciples Gang claimed credit for the shooting. Coming up is a special segment of Trending News, which highlights a story right out of my hometown of Knoxville, Tennessee. Recently, it was reported that a Knoxville gang member was convicted of robbing a 79-year-old man. The media showed a video of the incident, which raised several questions after reading what was reported in the story. It is said that 35-year-old Dennis Lowry reportedly stole $26,000 from a man who was on his way to the bank. It was revealed that the 79-year-old victim stopped at Hardy's on Chapman Highway for breakfast. Lowry, who was in Hardy's as well, followed the man outside and chased him around his car while he was still in the Hardy's parking lot before grabbing the cash from the victim's pocket. So, what's the problem? It seems like a clear-cut case, right? Well, not so fast. I have Dennis's mother and sister on the show today for an exclusive interview as she would like to offer more details to the story and share more about her son, Dennis Lowry. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back after we hear from the Grammy Award winner Boris Blues Rogers featuring Shannon Greer with Just Be. You know, us being... Must be a sunshine hurricane sometime. Such a chaotic light. Must be cool like that sometimes. Cause I be.
must be summertime throwback love family reunion barbecue good eating drunk uncle bad dancing to good music us us be a reason for existence us be good loving you are beautiful me a hard scar across face us be picture perfect framed for a love affair set up as pawns in god's master plan us couldn't plan to be in love no better us Something timeless A first thing yeah. I heard when the first love was made Us be hip-hop heartbeat House party, red light, basement Sometimes Sometimes us be ill communication Often lost in translation But decipher our meaning through our eyes Us Us be more better blue sometimes A good Spike Lee movie curled up on couch Waiting for the message Sometimes the message is so easy Us Us be too easy You Us be true You are breath on my chest I am fingers through your hair Us be forever Sometimes I would like to welcome Carla Lowry Ingram to the show to share a mother's story. So first, I want to thank you for agreeing to talk with me today. I know this is a difficult time, but I think it's important to give you a voice as we continue on this show to talk about mental health issues and the lack of support and resources for those suffering in their families. We're also going to address the courts labeling your son as a gang member, but right now, let's hear from you, Ms. Ingram. Uh, thank you, Tanisha, for having me on your show and giving me this opportunity for your listeners to know who my son, Dennis Larry, really is. I must first give your listeners the backstory of how we got to this point. You know, first, my son is not a gang member. My son have had mental health issues for some years. Dad also evaluated my son some years ago. It broke my heart so bad to know they don't have mental facilities here in Knox. He had been to a couple of places here in Knox before they closed Lake Shore down. But it is sad that, you know, to go through this with your child and to see this happening to your child and see the system treat him like this to where it just kept me so off to where I, I tried to get all the help I could. But if anybody out here knows, how the mental ill is. They're the last one know that they're mentally ill. So let me pause and ask you when you first noticed that your son was having these mental health issues. It's been over eight to seven, seven to eight years ago. Okay. All right. And during that time, I understand you tried to receive some help for him. Yes. So it's been difficult for some time how on these trying to get him the help that he needs to try and put them in different institutions or going to different programs or stand on his medication. So I really thought I could handle all the other things he'd been doing if I could just get the right help. 
it came to this point where we're at today. And for the gang member, everybody knows my son. My son is a loner. He walks from every part of this town. He wasn't violent. Everybody loved him. They loved when he come up, whether he was talking in his right state of mind, or they they even knew when he wasn't in his right state of mind. The dentist that he is, the lovable, caring father, son, and brother. Well, so let me ask you, I can hear a couple of things in your voice. I can hear pain, and I can hear a mother's love. And there was an allegation, at least what I saw in the media, that he was a gang member. And what I'm hearing you say is that he had no known affiliations with any gang, that he mainly no. was, you know, just someone that the community knew and loved and accepted him. Uh, although he had this mental illness, it was difficult for you to get the help and resources you need to support him, and you've done a lot. So now that brings us to where we are now which this story is stemming from the media's account. So can you share a little bit about how that's going and did they address the mental health issues during the trial? No, they did not. Did they submit any of his medical evidence into the case or before the jurors? No, they did not. All right. So I just want to make sure everybody's following along. So we're already at the point now. It's a couple of things going on. One, we've discovered that there's no evidence or any known affiliation to a gang. We know that your son has had a known uh, history of mental illness, which there is a video that the media showed. And, of course, the headlines describe him as a gang member robbing an elderly gentleman. Yes. First. Like you said, as you saw the video that was shown to the media, that was released after court. Nothing about okay. him being a gang member was mentioned in that courtroom. Oh, okay. Nothing. Because we all know, it's so many people know my son. No, that's not true. Well, I just want to say this is important because if you're recognized as a gang member, that could add a significant amount of time on the case when it comes to sentencing. So that I just want to let everybody know why that's important to this story, whether he is or isn't affiliated with any gang. And then, like you said, it wasn't mentioned in court. So that's a little odd in itself. Uh, we'll just say that's peculiar. They said that your son took $26,000 from that man, and I was thinking, who carries around that kind of money? I mean, I know some of our senior citizens are a little wary of banks, but in general, still, people just don't carry around that type of cash. No, ma'am, they don't. And that's what was so shocking to me, because I was first told, now this is Christmas weekend, mm -hmm. the day after Christmas, and Christmas came on Friday. Okay. My son, he had plenty of money and gifts from all family members, friends. He had a plenty. He had money and gifts. What he stated wasn't the amount that he said at the end. He said he had a few hundred dollar bills and two hundred dollar worth of twenties and some tens, which what I saw and added up from what the victim said, it don't even it don't even go over a thousand dollars. Let me also, stop you right there. Okay. So the only place that we got the amount of the 20000 or the 26000 is from what he said. But I'm saying, did they find $26,000 on your son? 
No, no. Okay. From him saying what amount he had on the discovery, it didn't add up to 20. But then when he got to the police department, he told them he remember putting more money in his pocket. That would add up to 26000 Then, under oath, he said, and by the way, he said, Mr., how did did anybody know you would be carrying that kind of money to pay for your breakfast? Did you pull out a lot of money? Uh, he said, no. He said, did you pull out a 20 or 10 or a 5? Oh, no, no, no. Wait just a minute. I'm going to tell you how. I paid $2.05 for my coffee and gravy biscuit. Well, that's a lot of money to be in your pocket. To go exactly to two dollars and five cents, if it was twenty to twenty six thousand. But he had already stated on camera that it didn't even add up to over a thousand. Seven one hundred dollar bills, two hundred dollar worth of twenties, and a hundred dollar worth of tens. Said he didn't believe in banks, but he told a nine one one operator he was on his way to the bank. They made that clear to the jury that this was a man that don't believe in banks and he just carried money on him all the time. So he wasn't on his way to the bank. Remember, this is the weekend of Christmas. He wasn't. Not on a Saturday and surely not on a Sunday. It, okay. I was blown away. That's a lot of money. My son been locked up ever since December 28th. They got him in a 23 and 1. He's, he's sick. And that don't do nothing but make it worse for him. Because I know he's not getting the proper help. And to know that they know he's, and they just turn their ear to him. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a break for a second. I know we also have your daughter, Ashley, his sister, on with us. And like I said, I know this this is painful and it's disturbing. And my heart goes out to you. And I am so deeply appreciative of you giving me some of your time. I want to ask Ashley if she'd like to share anything else with the listeners regarding her brother or this case. Thank you again uh, for having us on the show and giving us this opportunity. It has been, and I'm just going to kind of reinforce everything that my mother has said about the obstacles that we have faced trying to get my brother help since we noticed changes in him about seven or eight years ago. And it just seems that we have hit a barricade every time going up against the judicial system. And as you said, there are not many resources out here to help people with mental illness. So our purpose for this interview was not only to kind of clear up the defamation uh, of my brother and him being labeled as, you know, a gang member, Everyone that knows my brother, as I have posted on Facebook, and my post has gotten over 500 shares of people locally that know him. I've received inbox messages of just different people who have encountered Dennis at some point or another. And every person has said, you know, when they see him, he's walking, he is a loner. So, again, I just want to just bring awareness to just the limited resources available to those with mental illnesses. It seems that the judicial system has let the problem the problems escalate. It went from minor charges that my brother faced to now that has gotten to something more serious. 
And I feel like the judicial system is to blame for this. And I'm just thankful that what my brother is going through, it is bad, but it could have been worse because there are people who suffer from mental illnesses who are murdered, anything. And I know that we still have a possibility to change what my brother is going through. He still has life. So we have a chance to make a difference and bring awareness and hopefully get my brother the help that he needs because having a family member that suffers from mental illness is not something that I would wish on anyone. Knowing someone who they used to be, how they used to be, and you see them now and physically and mentally you know that they're just not there. It's the most difficult thing to deal with. And like my mom said, when you're dealing with someone with mental illness, everyone around them knows that something's not right, and they are usually the last to know if they ever even admit it that they have a problem. A lot of the things that have uh, been said and played in the media have been edited. And as my mom even touched on about the $26,000, you know, that amount, if it was all $100 bills, it would have to be $260, $100 bills. And that cannot physically fit into someone's pocket. But like I said, that's just one of many inconsistencies. And I'm not here to say, you know, what my brother did was wrong or right. Or I'm just here to bring awareness to mental illness and hopefully that someone will hear this message. and. If you know somebody, whether a lawyer, someone who works in mental health, I just want to see my brother get the help that he needs, and that is not in the penitentiary or in a 23-hour lockdown in a jail cell. There is a whole community of people suffering with mental illnesses. I have had several people reach out to me from my post saying that they have struggled with the same issues with the legal system. They just lock them up like animals, and today it's my brother, but tomorrow it could be your brother, your uncle, your cousin. So let's all try to make a difference. If you know Dennis, if you've ever had any type of interaction with him, please speak up because we need everybody to speak for him at this point because he can't speak for himself. All right, all right. So I'm going to ask anyone who wants to show support for your family, for Dennis, they can do a couple of things. I know you have a social media post which they can comment on. They can also go on my Facebook, Twitter, Instagram post um, on my social media outlets, or they can call 865-409-1170. Again, that's 865-409-1170, and show your support for Dennis Lowry and his family. And so I want to thank the two of you again tremendously for talking with T today. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you. So again, you can still call in and share your support for Dennis Lowry and his family. That number is 865-409-1170. Let's listen now to what one caller had to say. Yes, my name is Sarah Sanders, and uh, I was just calling on the behalf of Dennis Lowry. I've been knowing him since he was a little boy. And for some reason, things changed for him. Um, but I've never known him to be violent, and I've always known him to be a very respectable young man. Even when his illness kicked in, uh, he's always said great things to me and respected me as an adult. 
we always talk good to my kids that was raised up with him. Uh, I just hope and pray that God show favor on his behalf. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, I have my two good friends on with me today, Professor Jay and P.I. Pam. And so we're going to jump straight into the Crazy Chronicles since we just had our special edition of Trending News. And I want to start with a Maryland federal judge who sentenced 44-year-old Vinnie Taylor to 14 years in jail for administering hundreds of silicone butt injections, with one ultimately resulting in the death of a woman. Now, Taylor used industrial-grade silicone, which is made for bottling and canning instead of the medical grade. So after he did the injections, get this, y'all, he used super glue, plastic wrap, and cotton balls to prevent leakage. You know what? Mm. Super glue, plastic wrap, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. cotton balls. So basically, yeah. it's a whole bunch of chicks walking around with their booties looking like a summer camp craft project. Yeah. <laughs> that about sums it up. And I and nowhere in the story did I read anything about him being medically trained, him being a doctor, a CNA. I mean, none of that. And I'm trying to figure out where he found the hundreds, and that's plural, women who were willing to let him do this to them. And unfortunately, it took the death of one of them before he was even arrested. But wow. Well, that must be the same the same group of women who got the butt injections with the fixer flat a couple of years ago. So maybe the fixer flat didn't hold, so they had to wait go a minute. And wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening, but then something in my mind said I didn't hear you right. Did you say they use fix a flat? F L A T fix a flat. Like we put in our pot. Yes. Okay. Let me just let the listeners marinate on that while we move on to the next crazy chronicle story. (laughs) And and all other Uh, sorts of household products. So, you know, I'm just saying maybe they were looking a little deflated and they had to go get a little little bit more bounce to the house. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, so there's another man, and he's starting to question his life choices. After he decided to bathe in, okay, here's another one, get this. This nut decided to bathe in a bathtub full of hot sauce. And to top it off, he eats a hot pepper and dumps his head beneath the sauce. Why, Lord? And first of all, why is he wasting good hot sauce? Okay, oh, no. I got some perfectly good pieces of catfish over here that could use some hot sauce. <laughs> well, as you can imagine, it took quite a bit. And if they go to my page, of course, under today's show, you can see a picture of this gentleman in the hot sauce. And mm-hmm. I, I must say, first of all, he looks totally ridiculous. But uh, it is quite a bit of hot sauce. And, of course, he's now suffering from skin irritations and and, and, and multiple problems. I was just about to ask, you know, what is the nature of his skin at this point? Is he blistering? I mean, I, the, so many questions. Yeah, he's in bad shape. So 
you know, the article started off by saying he's starting to question his life choices. And <laughs> that could be close to accurate, but not completely, because he needs to be questioning his mental state. Yes. That's what he really needs to be questioning. Why did you, who who came up with this? He sit around and think of this himself, because he must not have any friends or family or nobody to let him do this. People do the most craziest things for attention. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you're right. And you know, something well, dropped in my something dropped in my spirit. <laughs> you said that he's questioning his life choices. Perhaps uh-huh. he's done some things in this life that would cause him to burn in the neck. So maybe he's getting prepared. I'm again. I'm just. <laughs> I love you so much. You always, <laughs> you always bring it. I mean, what would the show be without the Crazy Chronicles and the insights of the know-it-all Professor J and the top <laughs> investigator P.I. Pam? But wait, I'm not done. I did dig up one more story, and we couldn't spend a lot of time today, like I said, because we had a special edition, and I needed to respect the family, and give them an opportunity to share their voice. But I want to share this story before we wrap up today, and it's our final story from the Crazy Chronicles about a woman on a New York subway this past Wednesday night. She first got on the subway train with a box of crickets and worms and was reportedly trying to sell them to passengers on the train. Then a group of teenagers pushed her, and she got hysterical. And she flung the box into the air with the contents going out among the passengers just everywhere. So that's when all hell broke loose because the woman started screaming at the passengers, then threatening to defecate. And I don't know what that was about. Like, I don't even know what that had to do with the worms and crickets. But a scared passenger pulled the emergency brake, which caused the passengers to be stuck in the chaos in this sweltering subway car for half an hour okay again question yes was she was she selling the crickets and the worm for people to go fishing because that's that's the only reason why i could foresee anybody trying to be industrious with fish bait and if it's in new york (laughs) city uh i don't think they do a whole lot of fishing up there i could be wrong right and Furthermore, she threatened to defecate on the subway because of these crickets and these worms just running amok and the rest of the passengers going haywire. Right. I'm just going to leave that alone because I can completely go left with that one. (laughs) Well, I just can't get that she threw them out on everybody. Can you imagine what I'm surprised of in New York? or any city for that matter, if somebody throws a box of crickets and worms on me, we're going to have some real problems. I'm talking about well, the is. type of problems that might land somebody in jail. Yes, because so, I, like, I don't play about, about the bugs. and don't be throwing no condemned crickets. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Not today, not tomorrow, not the next day either. Mm-mm. So yeah. my next question, this is, I guess this is the Jay has questions broadcast. My next question is, what mental facility is she in at this time? 
Well, she's currently being evaluated because I think afterwards she said something like it was a prank or she was preparing for a role in a movie or some foolishness. So I'm not sure that she's currently in a mental facility, but I pray that she's on her way. Who needs to evaluate her? Chick crazy. She on the train with a box full of tickets and worms, <laughs> throwing them up in the air, and then threatening to, you know, defecate on the subway. Now, I know New York City is known for having some characters on the subway, but I think this chick, she clearly does the most. Yeah, yeah. And I hope the listeners could hear everything because I'm cracking up so, so hard over here that I'm afraid it's interrupted the broadcast. Wrap it up, and that's it for this bit. And as always, I thank the two of you for joining me on Talking With T. I can't wait to hear what the two of you have to say next week. And I can't wait to tell it. And you know I'm going to say it. All right, now. To stay updated on community events, resources, information, and positive stories related to Knoxville, Tennessee, visit www.thevillageofknox.com. You can submit an announcement to be promoted and added to the community calendar through the website or contacting the village through Facebook and Twitter. Be reminded that you can now call in and leave your thoughts on show topics, trending news, issues, causes, or personal insights that may be featured on an upcoming show. While you can visit www.talkingwitht.com or check out my Facebook or Twitter pages to share your input, I would love to hear from you on the call-in line. The call-in number is area code 865-409-1170. Again, that's area code 865-409-1170. Once you call, you'll receive instructions on how to proceed. Also, make note that I'm always looking to share and highlight music from rising artists, and I look forward to more submissions for T's Top Teens and Hometown Heroes. Well, once again, we've come to the end. But stay engaged by again visiting www.talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Currently, you can listen to Talking With T on Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or Google Music. Remember that new shows drop each Monday. And don't forget to subscribe to Talking With T Daily, the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. It is better to be hated for what you are than to be loved for what you are not. Andre Guide. Remember where you heard the word and keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking with Tea.